Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, the day before Thanksgiving, which is the closest thing, I think, to a Christian holiday in the United States. And yes, we observe Christmas and Easter in America, and they've all become very secularized, but it is a right-ordered holiday, even if it is its origins are from the Protestant Puritans. But good morning to all of you. Fair number of channel members in the live chat this morning. That's always interesting to see. Um, today I've got a couple of uh, letters for you. One from a bishop who stands with Bishop Strickland. And then something from Archbishop Vigano that I've been saving for a little while. But because of like all the news this week, um, I'll just do it today. Because I'm going to just dedicate tomorrow's live stream, the Thanksgiving live stream to um, actual news with then at the end, I'm going to make a case tomorrow for not engaging in Black Friday shopping. It won't have anything to do with ethics at all. It's going to do from my own experience as a former retail employee who has worked multiple Black Fridays, why you shouldn't bother. But good morning to you in Scotland and Canada. And um, I thought I saw Denmark in the chat also. So Yes, good morning to you, wherever you may be, and we're going to jump right into this. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'm going to try to head off any questions about a certain gigantic news story that broke yesterday. Unless you, were, unless you weren't online yesterday, you probably heard that um, over at St. Michael's Media Church Militant, uh, Michael Voris was asked to resign. It also was revealed yesterday that Christine Niles has not worked for Church Militant since November 10th. There is pre-recorded material that is on their websites and things from her, but she hasn't worked there since November 10th. And there is an official story and there's other things going on. And I don't have the receipts to back up anything about other things going on. So I'm not going to give details about other things, but I know for a fact that there's other things going on besides the official story. Um, the, for those who might be just tuning in, I'm going to be very careful how I talk about this, not for YouTube reasons, but because we are talking about private sins that are being made public and YouTube consequences, at least to anybody's worries when talking about another human beings, private sins that are being made public. There is a great deal of detraction. People come right up to detraction or further beyond that with this. And I'm going to remind you of something here. We, we'll, we'll go to, uh, you know, Kennedy Hall shared this if you want to see it. Um, and I, and the only reason I'm even talking about this is because, again, I'm, I know people will ask in the, in the chat about this. So Kennedy Hall shared a part of the, the message. And it says, this is a message from their board of directors, because as a nonprofit organization, you have a board of directors. Okay. Church Militant, despite the fact that you paid to access their website, they are a nonprofit organization and nonprofits have a board of directors. They say fellow Catholics, Church Militant, St. Michael's Media was founded as a bastion of Catholic truth and light to the faithful in hard times. This is why we are being fully transparent with you all. Michael Voris has been asked to resign for breaching the Church Militant Morality Clause. The board has accepted his resignation. Um, and then this person who I will just apologize in advance for not getting your permission to show your tweet on Twitter, but from Twitter on a live stream, but says we all need to remember that detraction is still a sin. Their wording is regrettable for the speculation, chatter, and inevitable detraction that will occur. That is 100% true. Now, Michael Voris has released a statement saying he had fallen into old sins again. 
Christine Niles has said, released a statement saying she won't um, give details about this stuff to anybody and more power to her on that. It's between him and God and whoever he his conscience tells him that he needs to share details with. But there's more going on than this. I am not at liberty to say a lot about what more is going on here, but I think the, the statement was purposely vague. Violating the morality clause can can cover a lot of things. Okay. So be careful how you talk about this. Be careful, you know, whether you've been personally wounded by things that Church Milton has said in recent uh, years about like the SSPX and other things, or, you know, anything else, just be careful how you talk about this, because this is one of those things where a lot of this is between the people involved and God, but also be aware that more details will almost certainly come out eventually. They, they'll have to. This is not something that we can, that we should take anything about this at face value. I'm not saying that Mr. Voris is lying to anybody about having fallen into those sins. I will take him at his word on that. But there is more details out there that will absolutely come out about the state of church militant over the last few years. It just in terms of the financial stability, the public perception of their interaction with traditional Catholics, the SSPX, the uh, mystic monks, others. A this, there's a lot more going on. So instead of, you know, I, I, ref I suggest people don't, you know, if you don't like church militant, don't take a victory lap. This is really nothing to really be cheering about. I don't think um, maybe some will say they'll give me theological reasons for disagreeing. And that's fine. That's your prerogative. I won't take a victory lap over any of this. I think if I had, if I'd had prepared a little bit more, I would have like queued up some of my favorite content from church militant. And that would have been to show you why that I have such mixed, like such reserved feelings about all this, including the fact that my favorite content was always Michael Vorce standing on stage, talking to people about the faith, the gospel, Catholicism 101 stuff, doing the job that bishops and priests and catechists should be doing, but for whatever reason, weren't doing anymore. It's sort of like my, I think the most important content that I make is my Saturday educational videos, my Sunday educational videos, the writings of popes and saints and great Catholic minds on various topics. Those are because they pertain directly to the salvation of souls. So that's all I'm going to say on this. Pray for everybody involved for those who had been wounded by some of their reporting for things that are going to come out in the future, because you know, this isn't done. These kind of stories don't come and go without it with, and, and just disappear. So that said, let's turn to our advertised story for the day. We have a bit, we have a Bishop who has said, who has, in the, who, and this got lost in all the news yesterday. This is Bishop Mustertz from, um, from Denmark. He's a Dutch Bishop who has said that, uh, who, who, has dis, who has basically said that the dismissal of Bishop Strickland is completely unjust and that he should have gone his canonical process. His statement is not terribly long. You know, it goes that far on the life site posting of it. This has since been posted to Barate Chaley and a bunch of other places. I will have links in this in my show notes today that will go live just minutes before my news, my regular news story for the day goes live. Um, but yes, we'll start here just in a second. So Bishop Mustertz says the following in his letter, quote, The dismissal of U.S. Bishop Joseph Strickland from the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, remains a strange story. As a bishop, Strickland is known for being humble, balanced, and faithful to the church. Oh, and law-abiding, too. 
as an aside, what do you think that's a dig at? Let me know in the, in the chat what you think he's that's a that's a subtle dig there, not terribly subtle anyway. Which is why he accepted his dismissal. His response is in no way hostile to the Pope. He is simply asking for prayer and for Catholics to remain faithful to the church. A visitation took place, and as a result, Strickland was asked to resign. That he did not do. The shepherd did not want to leave his flock on its own. No specific charges were made. Strickland was not even given the opportunity to be heard. This is something Pope Francis has done before, signing the decision himself. Since the Pope is the highest authority, no appeal or defense is possible. A canonical procedure would be in order, though. It is extremely unusual to be deprived of a canonical procedure. These are methods we might expect to see in some bad places or Rome in the days of Nero. It really seems as if there are no valid reasons. At the end of the day, Strickland holds traditional views and has criticized the way things are going at the Vatican now and then. That is apparently reason enough to sack him as Bishop of Tyler. Where is Rome now with its synodal church, with the church that listens, with the Church of Mercy? Rome is acting in total contradiction to what it itself is proclaiming. Let's pause here. Where's the lie? I ask that question a lot these days. Everything the bishop there said is 100% true and on point. It is unambiguously true. The Church of Listening, the synodal church of dialogue and accompaniment and the listening to all voices and all this other stuff only applies if you are with the if you're willing to play ball with the current ruling idea system in the Vatican. That is unquestionably true. It cannot be denied. Let's continue. His, meaning Strickland's dismissal, is all the more puzzling when you take a look at the state of affairs elsewhere in the church. There are bishops who uh, swept away Ted McCarrick's stuff and look at the, all the stuff in Germany where people blatantly contradict directives from Rome. There are bishops who preach heresy. Everything is being tolerated. It is only in the Strickland case, however, that drastic measures ensue. An isolated few from the Diocese of Tyler had made it known that they are not happy with Bishop Strickland. That may well be. There is not a single diocese in the whole world where everyone is happy with their bishop. Incidentally, the complaints were essentially ad hominem. Strickland continues to proclaim that we must remain faithful to the deposit of the faith of the church. He regards the apostolic tradition as being of great importance. That has always been the church's position. But there's something well and truly wrong in the church in the year 2023. Rome has made dialogue with the secular world a top priority. Granted, it is indeed our task to be missionaries in the secular world, but the last thing we should do is embrace secular views that are in direct opposition to the gospel. Rome really has an obsession with modernity. Meanwhile, I hear no one talking about our core business, the salvation of souls. Pause here. Is he wrong? Do you hear anybody in the hierarchy talking about the salvation of souls? Other than, you know, Bishop Cardinal Burke, Bishop Strickland... Archbishop Vigano, Bishop Schneider, the usual group that we tend to cover here a lot. Who else talks about the salvation of souls in the hierarchy besides them? A handful of the decent bishops who generally keep their head down, who just focus on their job. Yes, they do, but almost nobody else. Let's continue. It was hardly discussed at the Synod of Synodality, if at all. It seems the outcomes are not as bad as expected. No, the Synod is not about doctrine, but in the meantime, a wedge is certainly being driven between doctrine and pastoral practice. That is what it is all about, allowing in practice, quote, for pastoral reasons, that which doctrine disapproves. Rome is setting the bar lower and lower. We should, in fact, be doing the opposite, raising that bar higher, closer to God. There are reasons to be concerned, but there is no reason for gloom. 
think for a moment of Bishop Athanasius, that loner who did not go along with the heresy of Arius, yet he won the case, or of St. John Fisher. Among the English bishops, he was the only one who refused to sign the Act of Supremacy, the only bishop who did not break with the Roman Catholic Church. He passed as a martyr, but the Roman Catholic Church survived. For that matter, think of the, the very first Gotch College of Apostles. We read of their first joint performance in the Gospel of Mark. They all abandoned him and fled, all but one, John. Everything will work out all right in the end. God has the last word. It is his church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Not a single council, church father, or saint has added the word synodal to that. Signed, Robert Mutzertz. Now, what kind of trouble do you think this bishop's going to get in for saying that stuff? He's going to. That is what's going to happen. Catherine Herkey says, when lately when I share my screen, her YouTube goes fuzzy and you can't read the text displayed. Um, it might just be that I have a hard time with uh, zooming in and now I'm lagging. Um, Denmark and Netherlands interchangeably. Yeah, I'm not great at geography. Um, yeah, Cardinal Mueller is probably on that is on that list too of those who actually do their job. Yes. Um, Jack Faltry says he found that of certain kinds of teachers of his when he was younger, they told us to be open minded, except they wouldn't consider any positions to the right of their own. That's true. That it's a one way street. You have a position they don't like, so you must open your mind to the other. Uh, Chesterton had a fun saying about that. He says, don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Think of all the souls saved by this bishop, by this martyred bishop. Yes, he has earned the white crown. Uh, yes, more bishops do need to grow a spine. I would hope that in these days we're going to see more of this. And here we're going to now bring in this is a fundraising thing from Archbishop Vigano. He was raising money for an organization or through an organization called Caritas Veritate. They were, or Caritas in Veritate. This was uh, something related to fundraising campaign. This, um, But this is an interesting thing he had to say, because <clears throat> as you know, there's a reason that organization exists, like Sergei Domine does. So here's his letter. Dear friends, these are hours of darkness and confusion. Hours in which the mercenaries who infest the Lord's fold are unleashed against the good shepherds, bishops, priests, and religious, against the sheep, but against the lambs. The mystery of iniquity is showing itself in all its arrogance, and it no longer tries to hide or conceal its infernal plans. As in the times of the passion of our Savior, a new Sanhedrin of renegades prefers to serve the potentates of this world rather than recognize the divine kingship of Jesus Christ. We are witnessing in disbelief the vilest betrayal made by an authority corrupt in faith and twisted in morals, that usurps ecclesiastical power in order to demolish the Holy Church. Ut percoso pastore et gregem despede valiant, as Leo XIII wrote in the text of the exorcism. The shepherds have been struck so that the flock is dispersed, so that many souls are lost in eternal perdition, so that the sacrifice of the Redeemer is at least partially nullified. St. Pius X, the heroic defender of the church against, against the advances of the modernist heresy, which he called the sewer of all heresies, I'll remember that one, wrote these lines when he had not yet risen to Supreme Pontificate. Quote, says the modern, well, he then quotes a rather infamous quote from St. Pius X that I found out you can't actually say on this platform because uh, because of this line here that I'm highlighting on our screen. Okay, <laughs> so, um, but it, 
but they must be resist forcefully, not giving people, you're not giving them quarter. Okay. It continues. We must, we must resist in, uh, with force because in this conflict, charity is exercised by defending the honor of the Holy church and the salvation of souls. It's, implements of a spiritual kind, prayer, fasting, penance, good works, reparative sacrifices, implements that strike against an enemy who feeds on hate, division, desperation, and lies. We fight to remain in the one fold of Christ, from which a sect of heretics would like to expel us and you. But to continue this battle effectively, we need priests and religious, friars, monks, nuns, and, God willing, some bishops. And if the tyrant who occupies the see of Peter ostracizes those who remain faithful to the immutable magisterium of the church, we must move outside the box making up for the absence or vacancy of authority as best we can. This is not about building a parallel church following the example of the Protestants, God forbid, but rather to make up for the apostasy of the hierarchy as best we can in order to safeguard the Catholic faith. Let's pause there. This is him telling you not to leave the church. Don't go set up a parallel church somewhere. Don't go join a group that has formerly left communion with Rome. Don't do that. I know it's tempting these days. Don't do it. The mass, which is its expression, and the souls of the faithful redeemed by the blood of Christ. This is why the Exerge Domine Association was born, the aim of giving spiritual material assistance to priests and religious, being targeted by the Bergolian Fury, because without them, the faithful would be deprived of the spiritual defense that are indispensable in this epical battle. This is why your material help, nourished and enlightened by spiritual assistance, is indispensable. Your donations can help many that have gone after, etc., etc., and it is true that almsgiving covers a multitude of sins. How much more will this be true when almsgiving is, help, is used to help those priests and religious who have been canceled? May God bless you for your help and generosity. And may God bless the members of Caritas and Veritate who did do their utmost to recognize the charitable action of Exerge Domine. Finally, allow me to thank Divine Providence, which in these moments of tribulation and trial offer all of us the great consolation of seeing so many good souls in love with Christ and the Virgin Mary, eager to contribute to the work of resistance and fidelity that unworthily, but trusting in the Lord, I have undertaken in founding Exerge Domine. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, about a week ago. It is true, actually. I, I would remind people that is, you know, to have a more traditional advent, maybe fasting is going to be hard, given everything going on in the world, in your life, you know, in your everyday life, the, you know, how the secular season sees things. Another form of penance is almsgiving. It covers a multitude of sins. I would suggest, if you're looking for something to do, um, you can even do it through your parish. A lot of people don't want to give money to their parish. Totally understandable these days. But there's a way you can do it. Um, the specific ministries of a parish, the money donated explicitly for those causes has to go to those causes. There is no uh, diocesan tax and then no Vatican tax on top of it. It goes to the cause. So if your parish has a food box program, giving food to the money for food to the food box program or toiletries or whatever will go. That money will go for that purpose. That's how it works in the church. <sighs> Kathy Sieber says, who is another bishop? That is a good question. This letter came out initially within a couple days of the initial Strickland stories, why I didn't cover it until then. And um, if he's a good fit, maybe Archbishop Vigano should consider reaching out to Bishop Strickland. Um, or, you know, going it alone and consecrating a bishop illicitly, citing the same reasoning the SSPX did. Good morning, Anthony. Uh, 
Anthony from Avoiding Babylon, make sure to uh, check out the beginning of this if you haven't. I give my only thoughts I'm going to give on the church militant story, which is the summary quick version is there's more to it than we than than meets the eye right now. And you should pray for everybody involved and avoid gossip. Spread talking about other people's public sins or private sins being made public because that is really nasty. All right. If there are any final questions in this today, we can go over them now because those are the things that I wanted to discuss here on this, on our all too brief light morning live stream. As we enjoy my coffee. <laughs> Good morning, uh, flying tigers. Feel free to message me later today. If you like, I do know this person outside of YouTube. So, <laughs> um, Feel free to message me later if you like. Um, I will be, uh, once again, I will be doing a live stream tomorrow, Thanksgiving morning, where I will cover some news because um, channel members, patrons, those kind of people, anybody with that, who get, who with, you know, who's supporting this work of this channel financially in some small way has access to the videos for the whole weekend, except my live streams and except for whatever news story I do on Saturday, because that story, whatever it is, hasn't broken yet. I have um, a Fulton Sheen thing for you tomorrow morning, but I'll be doing a live stream tomorrow. So, all right. Has, has, the, has Francis changed the Eucharistic prayers yet? Not yet. Maybe he never will. It's the thing about uh, rumors. You always got to be careful when reporting on rumors. Anyway, with that, I will ask you to pray for everybody involved in the stories I've talked about today. Pray for me as well. And please be safe today when you prepare for your Thanksgiving. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein, Ave Maria.